All right, so we've done our mic check, and we've got to start the show. Are you going to sing this the week? No? Let's just start the show now. <laughs> and welcome into We Gonna Figure It Out. I'm your host, co-host, Andrew Morgan. <laughs> I am not the host. <laughs> I think last week I did say I was yes, the host. Yes, you did. <laughs> and, yeah, and I'm being petty enough to remember your exact words were... I'm the host. <laughs> exactly. Well, so, in that Regina, case... I'm the host, Regina Morgan. All right. So we uh, so we try to do, we're going to figure it out whenever we feel inspired to do it. And doing it the podcast style now makes it a whole lot easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully you guys are, are are listening and getting into it. You can find it on iTunes, Stitcher. Um, so, like, that's the easy. Like everyone listens on iTunes mainly. But Anchor is what we post it on. So you can always listen to it online and we make it available through sharing it through Facebook and everything. Please mm-hmm. share it if you're listening. But today's show is kind of a follow up uh, to the last show we did. We did a show where we talked in the beginning about uh, how we were processing our feelings about our uh, big interview. ask. Yeah, the big ask. And then we had also had a show where we talked about when we did our uh, interview uh, with the organization that would help us with our church plant. Right. Did and you so, notice how we have to put the K on the ask to yeah. make sure that it doesn't sound like? Oh, yeah. Cause, <laughs> and, and as a people, we tend I'm to. I'm sorry. I had to say that. It was funny. <laughs> we tend to mess up that, that word so much. We either put an X on it or we just put two S's. Yes. But <laughs> it's like, but it's never the K fully. Right. So but we had to make sure we put that in there. I think for us, you know, we're going to like kind of give you an update on both of those things. So like, let's start with, uh, let's start with the big ask. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we, we start with that one. So we're right now, we, I can't give you the official total, but we are now at $1,100 and it's been what, six days? Yes. Yeah, something like so, that. To be able to get a thousand dollars within, you know, what I'm saying within the first week is great. How, thank you, everybody. Yeah, thank you, absolutely. Thank you, thank for you who everyone. Has given, who has shared the post, who has shared the uh, Facebook donation thing. I and, don't know what it's, it's called. It's been a relief already because when I was looking uh, in our account, like you know, there's always bills due, and what I like what I shared in previous shows, we reached a point where cash as far as cash is concerned the only cash that we've had available to us is really actually business cap like the business's cash right which really needs to remain the business's cash right uh so like as far as money flowing in i haven't had like a paid gig in a little bit but i've been working on some things that will lead to pay yes so i'm steady working on faith and so there's been really no cash but like i had to go to the grocery store the other day and the way gofundme works is it gives you your money like right away weekly like or weekly you know what i'm saying like okay. frequently more frequently than other you know other services and so because it's more than weekly because um, oh, i got it within it? A, yeah i got it within 24 hours oh, in, into wow. the account okay and so i was like okay the money from gofundme was there and it was weird because not weird like the thing that's like a praise report instead of like pulling off the credit cards and saying okay where can i stuff this light bill, this, you know, this gas bill, I was able to be done with it, pay it, and just, that's not old yes. anymore. And yeah. so lights, water, and gas was taken care of this week Hallelujah. without Thank you. any issues or any worries. And I think the daily bread portion of our faith walk is the most beautiful thing because really it kind of goes back to us to really tapping back into prayer. 
Yes. And and more we've we've been praying more than we've had. And this situation has allowed us to be closer to God because Mm -hmm. truthfully, with resources, we didn't pray as much. And we can be transparent enough to say that. And you know, some people could say, Well, this is a reason we not gonna support whatever. God bless you, do whatever God tells you to do. Yeah. But for us, we're wanting to be transparent and just let people know that like it took this situation for us to be more intentional about our prayer life. And in that intentionality, God has really woken us up to the idea. And I want to say be more specific, too. Yeah. Um, I think we were praying, but it was just like, you know, the general prayers. Yeah, it was no intentionality. There was no, Lord, we need this. It was like, Lord, let me tiptoe around this issue. Yeah. Because I want to be not, you know, like I don't want to, you know, I don't really want to talk about it. And that's weird because prayer is such an interpersonal thing. Mm Mm-hmm. And to and that's where religion, unfortunately, overlaps us sometimes. Yeah. And we end up letting what we feel like would be the nice, neat religious thing to say. And we lose the value of an intimate relationship with God, being able to come real and naked before him and saying, "Okay, I'm worried about finances. Mm -hmm. I need money in this way. We need these things. Right. You know this, God. And I know you know it, but let me voice it and put a voice to it so that you can give me wisdom about it. Right. And um, you're never going to seek wisdom if you don't seek transparency first. Like, Mm. if you're not going to come to God first, but you're asking him to be transparent with you, you're like saying, okay, Lord, I'm going to give you this vague issue. We need help. I'm not going to tell you where and what. But I but I want you to be completely open and transparent and give me the kingdom of God. Give me the wisdom to know what's going to happen. Even though right. I'm not going to lay out the issue. Right. And it's not about God. He doesn't know. He yeah. knows. But he yeah. wants us to come with him with our whole heart. Just open. Well, and if you go to the doctor and you say, Ma, and you, you know your arm's broke or you feel your arm may be broke. And you just say it's something in this region. The doctor's not going to give you a splint. And just say, or, no, they're still going to do an or, x-ray. Yeah. But even after all that, like once he re- recognizes what the cure or the answer could be, he's not going to hand it to you and say, OK, like he sees your arm is broken, just dangling, <laughs> just flapping in the wind. And then he comes in with a cast and he hands you the cast and he just sits there. Yeah. The more details you give the doctor, the more wisdom you'll have on the process the doctor will be able to walk you through and say okay you're going to wear this for six to eight weeks yeah you're going to do this but you're going to have to be intentional about seeking the doctor's wisdom yeah and i'm and i use that as a practical example yeah because we would never do that in the doctor's office you go in there and you have an expectation you go in just saying i need this fixed now Mm -hmm. you got the coat on you do it you know right (laughs) and that's what it is like god you're god God, you're my God. Mm-hmm. So resources, you've sent me here. Do it. You know, like make, you know, make a way. And we right. and we love you and appreciate you. And we praise God not because of the expectation of his favor and what he's going to do. We praise God because he's due and he's worthy of that praise. Yes, all the time. So with all that being said, you know, because I will start preaching. Real easily. (laughs) But with all that being said, we say that just to say we're completely encouraged by everything that you guys are giving us. And we we're once again, we kind of come back to this place of not condemnation, but we're really just kind of sorry. We 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 didn't even almost ask sooner, you know, because the door another door that kind of opened um, in relation to that 
is a gentleman like two things like i woke up i've woken up the last few days and i've had people correspond with me about our mission yes to encourage us one young lady sent a verse today that was just blew my mind and just encouraged me i made it the scripture of the day joshua 23 8 um and her mission is is, is unbelievable and, and the things she's doing all over the world with her family and then this gentleman sent us a message and then called us this morning yeah and he's doing right here in Van- vancouver washington little old vancouver washington yeah he's doing the exact same mission but just through the filter god gave him where he's cutting hair for people who are at need and at risk. We were talking to him. He was on his way to cut a man's hair who was whose leg had been amputated. That's right. And he's like, you know, I just, he's just excited. He's in tears saying he just it was bubbling over seeing what our mission was. Yes. And knowing that, like, I've got to connect with these people. Right. And we've been wanting to do that because the full expansion of the Naturally Beautiful Project, our vision for the full expansion of the project is to be able to get the project funded so in a way that as a nonprofit, we can be able to provide funds mm-hmm. to the barbers and to the other and, and people who want to, you know, who are believers that have the be- the skills to do it and believe that they have a mission to do it and give that skill away. Right. We want to be able to bless them as they bless the community. Yes. Our number one thing is we don't want families to have to pay for those haircuts and pay for those hairstyles but we don't want to do a toxic charity yeah our vision is to be able to teach the kids the value of community living first and foremost like you know god has empowered me with this gift i'm giving the gift back so what gift you have learn that you have a responsibility to give it back that's one of the first things we want to teach the kids Mm -hmm. the other value is you're beautiful yeah this haircut doesn't make you beautiful you were beautiful before that but you're beautiful and we want you to have the confidence of looking in the mirror and knowing that you're just as good. Like even if it starts off with the nature of this haircut, hairdo cycle, if you only feel just as beautiful as the rich kid in class, those two or three days that your cut is fresh and your braids are fresh, <laughs> then at least you got it. Yeah. And you don't have to always feel inferior that you're a part of the beautiful, you know, like the celebrated beauty of America, or the celebrated beauty of society. Right. So we want to teach kids that. We want to give them that ability. It's nothing like being fresh, but fresh comes at a price. Yeah. And this is one of the ways, because there's this innate, like we have this desire to feel fresh. We all do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, everybody wants to feel good and look good. and Yeah. You know. And it's not, you know, so for us to be able to say, okay, well, here's a way that we can filter it in and we can say, all right, we want to help people be a blessing. We want to teach the barbers and the the beauticians and the other people how to give back into the community in a way that's not toxic. Mm -hmm. Because we believe that the free haircut, one, we want to be able to still pay the barber. Right. Through, you know, through whatever is given to us. But we also want to be able to, so that promotes that small business. Because most barbershops and beauty shops are small business. Mm -hmm. I can't think of one that really, you know, unless you're getting into like great clips or something. They're all small business. Yeah. So you're promoting small business in your community because they're still getting paid. Mm-hmm. And two, you're also tapping into this resource of that kid. We're not paying for that kid to get their hair cut every single time. Mm-hmm. But we are, and we're not paying for the hairstyle every single time. Let's just say they want to go every two weeks. Right. With us, it's kind of like a monthly rhythm. Right. And so we're just providing that r- relief. Mm-hmm. 
in a place that's just rent burden. And then even more so than that, um, with the kids, I really want them to just embrace who they are now. Like, yeah, there's so many, you know, kids walking around here that are looking at themselves and not feeling good about their hair or, you know, their skin tone and things like that because the the dominant race is Caucasian. And so being around so many and not seeing others that look like you, it can throw you into this cycle of or this vicious thought about yourself of who am I? I don't like the way I look. My hair doesn't look straight like theirs or my hair doesn't do what I want it to do. It's so tightly coiled and kinky and I don't like that. And so the reason why, and I think I've explained this before, but the reason why the Naturally Beautiful Project really exists is because in this region, I want not just African-American kids, but all kids to feel good about what naturally grows from their hair, whether it's straight or kinky or wavy or whatever. And so it just gives me the opportunity to pour into them and say, you are beautiful the way God made you. Yeah. No one looks like you. No one is you. You are beautiful. And so that is really my heart and the reason why I do what I do, because I could get a um, straight haired kid to come in here and say, I just hate my hair. I don't like the way it looks. I don't like that. Uh, You know, and so the point of it all is to make everyone feel beautiful because everyone is beautiful. And I think that that's that's a key factor that we've all struggled with our looks. Sometimes we've all struggled with what we're going to do with our hair. We've struggled with these different things and to have the ability to be in an environment with individuals who the the further expansion of the naturally beautiful project is to continue to teach classes mm-hmm. um and teach people who want to learn how to braid we've had people sit in uh sit in here and watch you braid yeah so that they can learn your techniques because what we're doing isn't something that we're just keeping to ourselves. so right. there's been people from the community who's come into our home just to say hey I want to learn. Yeah. There's been mothers who've taken a closer look and said, okay, I've been doing this, but can you help me take it to the next level? Yeah. And can you relieve my hands? Because, you know, I know how to do it, but I do it this way. Yeah. Show me another way. And Mm -hmm. so all of these things, we just want to bring things together as a community. Mm -hmm. And those community resources that we have, we won't, you know, like at this point, the resource is just our hands. It's just who we are. Yeah. And we want to give it away. We want to give it back because God gave it to us for these people. Mm-hmm. God gave you the ability to braid for the people of Vancouver, Portland today. You know what I'm saying? Like right. he didn't give you that ability to braid, to do it for your own profit and your own gain. And mm-hmm. so we're going to make sure we use it. But we want to, um, you know, as, as the as the project expands, we want to teach uh, even the people who have the skills, we want to teach them the heart of giving. You know, we want to yeah. be able to show them that this is a, this is a part of it, and this is going to make you even more blessed. And we want to do it in a way. I think often you hear Christian missionaries and people who are on mission like we are. Uh, they want to go covert, like they want to kind of come under the table. We are who we are, and we kind of have an unashamed way. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing is, either you either you ride with us or you don't. But we are who we are, and we're not going to ever hide the gospel and then come out and be like, bang, 
and we did this and we're Christians. You know, like, right. it's like, no, this is who we are. We do it because first and foremost, we're powered by the spirit of God. Mm-hmm. So our motto is relational. We do want to bring, draw people in, but we want you to be tolerant of who we are. And if who we are rubs off on you and if you see salt and light and you want to taste and you, you want to be drawn to that light, then that's on you to step up because we're going to be ready to receive you. Yeah. So I'm not going to go out, you know, Bible thumping and pushing it down your throat and saying you've got to believe what I believe. But on the same token, I'm not going to be quiet about what I believe. Right. I'm going to, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to still preach Christ and crucified risen. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I'm still going to be that. But, and if you're Muslim and if you're, you know, it's not like whatever, if you're something and you don't believe in what we believe in, you be you. We it's still love you. Yeah. And it's nothing's going to stop me from being who I am. And I think that's the thing. Like, I don't want to be quieted. And yeah. I think God has g- given us the opportunity and given us the voice. As soon as I say, I don't want to be quiet, my voice cracks. <laughs> but God's it's given like, us no, a, an opportunity <laughs> uh, in this community to do that. So we were really excited to get that phone call because he's, he's you know, like the program he has is set up through a couple of different churches. And so I'll go Saturday and network with those people and, and meet up with them, bring some of our flyers and, you know, if it's appropriate for them to see, you know, to have, because their their focus is mainly on cutting hair. Mm-hmm. They want men uh, of color to have a presence. I don't cut hair, but I can be there to greet and do whatever it is that they need me to do. Right. And I want to still be a you part of this process. You could probably do some of the media stuff, maybe. Yeah. You know, take the pictures or yeah, document that, it. That's another thing, you know, sort of like we were talking to our friends, the Helms, the other day, and they were talking about when they went to Nicaragua, I think, and she brought her camera and a printer, and she printed out pictures. I yeah. would be happy to print out pictures of these kids so that they can have a picture of themselves looking clean. Yeah. You know, like... Hey, you may not be able to get another haircut for another month, but you got a picture of you looking sharp. Yes. You know, something that, you know, you could put on Facebook. It could be your new Facebook profile picture mm-hmm. or whatever it might be. Yeah. Uh, so I'm super whatever. excited yeah. about what it's God is doing. Endless possibilities. Yeah. We're so excited about that. And it, <laughs> just opening up your mouths and ask, put your pride to the side. And I'm I'm speaking from my own personal experience of how this was such a heavy burden on me to open up my mouth and just the moment that we were able to do that, God has opened up so many doors in just a yeah. short amount of time. And that wasn't even a financial door. Like that's a, no, that's not yet. We don't see that yet. You know what I'm saying? He could, it could be something later on down the line, but that's not even a financial door. That's just a door that he's like, I needed this one open. Yes. Well, yeah. But, it, I, and I see it as a, you know, a door that's open to where we can meet people and, yeah. you know, make connections and, you know, just, it's just beautiful, so I'm, I'm excited. Moving here, something never settled right in my spirit that I've always kind of resisted, but then I've also said I've been guilty of spiritually knowing that it's a lie but saying it with my mouth, and it's the idea that there's no black people here. <laughs> like, I've always felt like from day one, I remember when, when me and the kid, when we were all downtown, mm-hmm. and I remember thinking to myself, I am seeing a lot of black people. But my perspective is different being a person who has moved from a different community to a different community. So, like, for example, when I moved to Oklahoma, I moved into Fairmont Terrace, which was a housing project. So, mm-hmm. for me, it was like, there's plenty of black people. Yeah. But then, as soon as I would leave Fairmont, I was like, oh, my God, this is the countryest, whitest place in the world. <laughs> 
when a you know I was working with this lady and she was like, "Can I touch your hair?" And I was like, "Cause I had comb coils at the time, and it was just like, oh wow, yikes! Don't touch my hair, you know." And it was beeswaxed because you know <laughs> back then you know I ain't no better, yeah, you know. Yeah. But ruined a few pillows, <laughs> <laughs> but it was like she wanted to touch my hair, and it was just it was so cringe worthy of a moment. But even but back then I wasn't as probably as hotep as you know as I am now like I wasn't as woke as you would say so it was like <laughs> I just viewed it as an innocence it was irritating but it was innocent so I wasn't mad at her yeah and me and her had had a real transparent conversation where she was just like you're one of the only you're the first black person I've ever talked to wow. there were black people she went to school in Hominy and she mm. was like I went to school with one or two but they weren't my friends. I've seen black people on TV. There were never any black people at my church and you know in my trailer home there was never any black people around. You're one of the first people that I know. And she felt like she really knew me. Mm-hmm. And so then it, it it elevated to can I touch your hair? Right. And um you know back then I wasn't saved and in fact I was working we were working together in a porn shop. So it wasn't oh, like yeah. I necessarily had the best response. Uh, I think I said some derogatory back, but it was like, <laughs> but still I let her touch my hair. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then explain to her, it you can't do this. Like, this is offensive to black people. Like, you know, but even back then I knew it, but I wasn't just angry yeah. about the situation. Yeah. But I, I sidetracked with that story completely. Yes. <laughs> but I say that to say that this community, I believe, there is because it's scattered because there's not one central place to say like North Tulsa. That's where you go for black people. Right. Um, gentrification has taken over. So to the point that there is no one place where black people go. Yeah. They're, um, they're very scattered. And without, and you know, and so, so there is no segregation. There's just, it was just, they're just spread. Yeah. And I think there is a possibility when I look around Vancouver, that Vancouver does actually have segregated populations. Like I've noticed that in our community, there are a lot of Russians, a lot of uh, people from the Ukraine area, and mm-hmm. a lot of Hispanics. Right. All kind of in this area. But then I've gone in other pockets and I've seen just just white people. Mm-hmm. Then I've gone to some neighborhoods where I was like, it's a lot of black people around here. Yeah. So I don't really know the makeup fully, but meeting these people are going to open up some great possibilities for us to find different pockets of community and create new pockets of community uh, where the gospel can, can be spread. So speaking of uh, kind of the doors that were opened, you know, through us asking one of the doors that is semi closed, I won't say it's completely just shut, but the interview we went on, they said no for now that, you know, they kind of phrased it as a for now, which I think, when we, if you listen back to what was it, show two that we talked about, mm-hmm. it, you'll kind of see where our resolve was with it, where we were more or less not so much shocked, but we walked away from it just like, oh, we kind of had a, a, a funny feeling. Yeah. But a piece about it. But we knew why. We kind of knew from the interview in itself, oh, we're not a good fit. Right. There's still a hope. And we'll ride with it. Right. But... And Once, so when we received the news, it wasn't a major shock or yeah. um, 
No always still stings a little bit as a person who doesn't get a lot of no's. Like, we don't get a lot of no's. Yeah. So, no, we're still kind of like a, you process your flesh has to process it. Right. Like, spiritually. Well, for me, I think after we, because immediately we prayed for God's will to be done. You know, whatever that looked like. And so, for me, when we received the email yesterday, it was like, okay. God has something different. And I moved right forward. I think when I say everyone's flesh has to process it, because we all have those moments where it's like, like, for example, it was like, I want to move forward. Okay, cool. We're good with this. Let's move forward. But then it was like a request to kind of continue the conversation a little bit. And that's where the processing of the flesh is. It's like, no, I just want to move forward. Yeah, we don't want to talk about it anymore. (laughs) but, But that's where God was just like, that's where you then tap into the spirit. And it's like, okay, flesh move. God, what do you want us to do? Mm -hmm. And it's like, let the conversation continue, but you still have your focus. You still don't lose your focus on what I've said. Right. I've moved distractions. You wanted me to remove distractions. I moved what could be a distraction to the mission and the plan I've given you. And now more doors can be open. Yes. And so we didn't take a, a great offense. I think we, I also looked realistically at the whole ordeal a few days later, regardless of like the way, whether I responded right or wrong to questions or whatever, there is a reality of where we are in comparison to what expectations we would have had to take home. Those are two separate things. And I didn't feel comfortable. I felt at ease with a no. I felt so at ease with a no that I almost presumptuously emailed them to say no. Oh. Because I felt like realistically, <laughs> I, you know how you feel like, I don't know if we can meet them where we're at the table mm-hmm. because we have a lot of things going right like first and foremost we're fundraising for us Mm -hmm. as a family to continue to do the nat so that we can continue to do the naturally beautiful project so that navon can continue to do what he's doing in school Braden can continue doing what he's doing in the neighborhood so that i can continue down the path with the with the filmmaking and the podcast and any other things and even with you know like with developing uh an organic church, what we're doing with the navigators, all those different things that we are what we want to do with the navigators. Right. Uh, the doors that the Hams family have opened up in general for us, all those things are things that it's like they're pressing, they're in front of us. And if that adding that to the mix is going to be a distraction, then I'm okay with that going away for now. Right. And that's why I was okay with the language of even for now. Like, I don't believe in just closing the door, burning the bridge, and just being like, well, if you didn't like me then, you won't like me when I'm hot. Like, that's not, you know what I'm <laughs> yes, saying? Yes, like, that's not. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's 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 the rapper mentality. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but it's, that's, uh, you know, I, I couldn't, it's Mike Jones' approach. That's, that's what I was going to say. The Mike so, Jones' approach. No, I, I don't. I'm glad that we we've taken the the route of just saying okay yeah like I, I'm okay entertaining more conversation as long as it's not a distraction to the work we're currently doing and I'm mature enough to say like realistically this fundraiser is a big thing this is our first time undertaking a fundraising uh, event and this is one of the reasons why we're not convoluting the fundraiser at this point by trying to raise funds for multiple other things at once. The Naturally Beautiful project is always going to be an ongoing project. We're always going to have side things to try to do with it, but those were things already planned out. 
Yes. This main one, it would just it wouldn't make sense to then turn around and say within this next year to we try need to, to have raise money for church for planting the church too. Plant. It just that's just too much. And a big my one of my big desires with the church plant, and I've expressed this before, is to really have an organically grown community church, mm-hmm. not one that is personality planted by me and you. Mm-hmm. And raise and the funds raised by me and you, and that's different from what anyone else has ever done. Most people, the leading or the founding pastor, so to speak, uh, is the one who's going to raise the funds with help of other people. It's going to be based off of his credentials, his credit in the community. And I want the community in itself to say to step forward and this say, "This is our church. This is ours." Mm-hmm. So if we want chairs, we've got to raise money for those chairs. Yes, right. If we want to meet outside of, you know, like if it boils down to we've got to meet at our house or or at a resource that we have available, then let them meet at a resource that we, you know, that becomes available. But then we grow together mm-hmm. and not, and, you know, and I'm willing to put in the work. But on the same token, I'm expecting and wanting God to bring people forward who have administrative gifts, Mm -hmm. who have gifts, uh, you know, for these different things that they can use. Because I've seen what happens to a man when he has to operate outside of his gifting in order to make things happen. Right. And I don't want to be the the minister of all trades, but the master of none. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be because if I do it, I'll be a firecracker preacher. Yeah. I'll look exciting and fancy and then poof, I just disappear. Yeah. Like after the big show, it's like, okay, he finally got to the church launch. He broke his back. But now he's so burnt out on Jesus that he don't even want to keep preaching. Right. You know, I don't want to do that for us. I want us to have teams of people that are willing to teach. I want to be a part of a church community that helps us grow. I want me and you to be able to sit together and enjoy Sunday while someone we've seen, uh, you know, come alongside us gets a chance to preach and teach the gospel. Right. Um, And I don't want to be legalistic about it. You know, I don't want to be like, well, it can only be people from my neighborhood. It can only be people here. I don't want to. I want it to be just open and full of love for everyone. So um, that's a that's a vision that's going to be hard to get people to come alongside because it doesn't look like the typical church plant. Yes, um, but it's not impossible. And, I, th- you know, I think God is showing us that with, you know, closing doors of traditional things. Yeah. So, you know, with those traditional kind of doors closing, and I'm not saying that anything is wrong with doing it the traditional way, but that's just not the way he wants us to do it. He wants us to do it more organically. And so he's going to make a way in the desert. He's going to do it. And so I'm just full of excitement today. I feel... Like, I'm excited to share the journey of the ups and downs and the 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 great things as well as the not so great things now. I think with this lesson of you need to put your pride aside and ask or open up your mouth and do what I said do, just that lesson has taught me or has 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 allowed me to say, we're open. Yeah, we're open to show you what who we, who we are, who are what our yeah. life is about, the struggles that we go through, the um, joys and victories that we that we experience, and so I'm excited for what God is doing yeah. all around the board. And Rich uh, Rich Munson he had posted on our Facebook fundraiser, which has really caught the most momentum recently. Um, 
he posted something really unique where he said, you know, all it takes is for 40, 40 people, people to give $100 a month. Yeah. And, you and know, these meet g- this goal. Yeah. And they'll meet the goal. And it's just like that's that basic math breakdown. And when you think about like how if you really broke it down even further, just to say, well, you know, that's $50 a check or $25 a week. You know, yeah. to decide to say, hey, you know, we want to help you guys stay on mission and do what you do. Mm-hmm. I think for us, that's one way of breaking it down. And, and we really hope that individuals do that. Um, the other thing is we really want for, you know, we really are going to break down other methods, too, of just showing that, like, here's. You know, I'm going to have a post real soon that really kind of shows a breakdown of some of the needs and some of the things that that kind of come into play. Yeah. So that people understand that we're not just sitting back. And even if we were and that was if that's what God wanted us to do, that's what God wanted us to do. But what we're working toward. Yeah. is what we really want people to be invested into mm-hmm. because lights, water, gas is something that's common. Everybody has lights, water, gas, food, rent car payment everyone has those things mm-hmm. um some people may not feel that it's necessary that you live there then like well your rent's too high why don't you find somewhere cheaper why don't you do this why don't you do that man look we went after other places to live we did <laughs> and god brought us right back to this place he told you that we were gonna live in the first place that we had looked at that's and I, right. And remember, we went to a few different apartment places yes. and other things, and we went back where they had already said no, and God told and God told us yes. Mm-hmm. We came back, and it was a yes because right. we got on that plane. We had no idea we, we were, were homeless. Mm-hmm. You know, and we, we had were jobless. furniture on the way. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it was just get on the plane, and yeah, and it was just like we didn't know what. What, where we were going, what we were doing. And so being here now at this point, this is no different than the feeling we had a year ago. Yes. When we were prepping and we were calling pod and we were doing all this, we still had to live our life. But we, you remember that gut, that feeling in your gut? Is it similar to the feeling now? Yeah. Only difference is it's like this certainty in my mind now. Yes. Because he's done it before. Yeah. That he'll do it again. Right. That certainty is there in the back of my mind, like, yo, he did it, like, he did it, did it before. Yes. Like, so, what more? You know, like, like I expect more. I, I really do expect him to do even more. So, give if you can, share if you can, you know, and let people know about the about it. And we don't do this podcast as a way of asking you. We do this so that we can process raw emotions we were just sitting there on the bed, just excited about that phone call and just said, let's do a podcast. That's right. Let's go record and let's process and let's talk about all the different things. You can still walk down the stairs and let's talk about all the different things <laughs> that um, that go in, you know, that go into the whole process. So um, that's our show for today. That's it. That's it. Just wanted to give you guys a little update. I, I We want to do this more often where we share um, immediately kind of what's going on. And yeah. um, so I don't know how that's going to look in the future. We may do some vlogging soon. Yeah, with the V. Like, yeah, that's our big thing is we do want to go video. And I think we're at a point where we're really just trying to mature and figure out how, how do we do it? How do we do it? How do we manage all of that data? Um, 
it may take for us to have to go invest into a uh, another terabyte drive um, mm-hmm. to be able to store that type of data and then some training uh, for you and the kids on how to possibly edit down some things because there's a whole that's putting a whole lot on one person right um who's already doing other things yes and so i think we can we can handle this as a family so be looking forward to that as we prepare the next phase of we gonna figure it out that's right all right so you want me to hit in <laughs> 